0: Welcome in to episode 227 of the Monitoring Podcast with Mike and Mike. This episode is brought to you by Dream Symbols. We'll be talking about it a bit more in detail later in the episode with some audio, but uh, go check out the new Eclipse series. They just debuted at the NAMM show last week. These are partially lathed symbols that come in hi-hats, crashes, or rides. If you remember, they, they had a 21-inch ride that came out a little while ago. Maybe a year or two ago, they expanded to a whole series. Really kind of versatile, all-purpose-sounding cymbals. Again, we'll feature some audio of those later, but we just want to make sure we thank Dream for sponsoring the episode. This is a long one. We're going to dig deep into the NAMM show and a few other things. So uh, kick back and let's get the show rolling.
1: Closer to 120. Let's find out. Let's see. One, oh. <laughs> two, three, four. I was still a little fast. That was slow. Oh, okay. Wow. You want to try again? <laughs> this is our no, drawer. no, <laughs> no. We, you and I were talking about this before we started. So. You were saying that you had a teacher that memorized tempos. I, I do not memorize tempos whatsoever. I had I had two teachers and
0: I think it makes sense, one of which is also a conductor, so it makes sense if you're a conductor to memorize 100%. tempos. But the other one, this was a classic story. My first drum set teacher in high school, he was retired from the Navy. He played in the you know, the original Navy big band. And at one point he was called into I guess the captain's office or something and they were they were really kind of railing him about tempos. Okay, and he was like, "Well, here, let's do a test. I'm going to play one beat per minute for you." And the guy got out his his pocket watch. Shut up! <laughs> and he said, "The gods were just with me that day. I nailed it perfectly at the minute mark, and they never once again questioned my tempo for the next twenty years." Wow. <laughs> okay,
1: that's that's some that's some baller level. What stuff he said, right how there. he did
0: it, was he just sang like some, one of the marches that they play at every parade. Okay. And just counted counted the 60 seconds worth. Pretty amazing. But no, I'm terrible at it. I have to have a metronome with me at all times.
1: I think because when I was growing up, every single song was, it wasn't like 120 and then 60. It was like 84, Mm. 92. I'm like, I'm not going to remember every one of these. (laughs) Right. You know, I I took your job. It's, well at no point does somebody say, I'm feeling like one eleven. It's like, okay, I have I mean I've even when you and I were kids, I had a metronome. It yeah. had a battery in it and it wasn't a phone, but I had a metronome. It's like cool, I'll pull up one eleven or one twenty or whatever you need. So whatever, I counted you in. You you snapped. We started happy back from Nam. Neither of us got sick. That's great. Knock on wood. It's it's Friday. I don't
0: know. I don't know when the um, what is the new coronavirus sets in. But
1: (laughs) oh my god! Right, I saw that. That's that's. And there were like
0: there weren't a lot of face masks at at Nam. So I think, and there were some (laughs) Chinese companies
1: there. (laughs) There A lot of Chinese companies, of course. Yeah, um no I, I i've uh trying to think i did i did have a meeting with a a chinese distributor from uh there was uh the distribution rights of Meinl and aquarian then i met so i think i'm gonna go to japan so i met some folks Sweet. from japan um Meinl generally sends one artist per year to japan so they've sent thomas lang chris Coleman, benny uh i know who this year is and then i think next year in 2021 that'll be my main like asian trip is uh, a tour of japan which is awesome because yes. i've only been there for a split second and one thing that i think maybe unless you travel a lot we just generalize and almost stereotype is that asia is one country so not the case when i'm there <laughs> <One> country <laughs> well i mean you know it's like ah oh, it's asia and it's like no, no no <laughs> like thailand is nothing like taiwan taiwan is nothing like china mm. china is nothing like indonesia and Japan is definitely its own thing, so uh, I'm excited for that. Uh, let's talk some gear, man. Yeah, I mean, we're back. So, well, first of all, how about the vibe? What was your impression of the vibe of Nam? Good question. I think I think they have to get
0: the volume thing under control. It was miserable, and I hated to be in the drum hall, and and that's what good is that. I think I don't know what they're trying to accomplish. Um, I know. I guess they were trying to keep some boosts, but there needs to be something serious, like lifetime ban for boosts that are just way out of control. Because, uh, I, I mean, I was a points where I'm like, well, this is the most ex- extreme. Like, I'm trying to have a, a real conversation with someone while someone's like blaring a chainsaw in my ear. Like, what the heck is going on? Yeah. So, that is really, really annoying. And it's not just me being old, fuddy-duddy. No, it.
1: I, felt it, I felt it on Thursday. Yeah. That's what, that's what shocked me. On I was like, Thursday, the first day. I was like, how is it this loud on a Thursday? Like, <laughs> I mean, insane. Uh, yeah, it was, it was not enjoyable. It causes me to not spend a lot of time in the drum hall because, and so I, it's the same every year I come home and I'm like, yeah, I saw my companies cause I go out of my way to make sure I see the people I haven't seen in a while. But then when I think, like, okay, I only saw Ludwig because I smacked into it walking into the drum hall mm-hmm. from the direction I was always coming. Um, so that was good. But then I all of a sudden I realized, like, oh, wow, I never saw Tama. I don't know where Pearl was. Yeah. I never sought out... So many companies, like you and I were talking about Q drums, which we'll talk more about later in this episode, but I didn't see Q. I didn't see SJC, not because they weren't visible, but just I was always trying to get out of the drum hall because of the volume.
0: Yeah, there definitely there's a there's an area towards the center of that hall where I just avoided it was yeah. it was loud the whole time and just mobs of people just, just standing around it's like what like get moving man you're supposed to move around you're not supposed to stand in one spot yeah. so that's me it really bummed me out
1: it, no i mean it, it bummed me out on some of the more boutique brands that really were telling me what they'd done and i said i'm so sorry but your drum set kind of sounds like a drum i can't hear anything (laughs) like all i'm hearing is this attack it's like and we used half a veneer ply of i was like whatever bro (laughs) like i can't hear anything now what
0: about Um, the i mean for me i felt like this was a a bit of a year of contraction um i don't know if it was i don't know if it's necessarily a bad thing i think just realistically things have just gotten a little bit tighter the booze weren't as extreme um There was a couple that I was surprised at how kind of tight they were, Uh, but I didn't – at the same time, I didn't feel like it was like, oh, they're going out of business. It was more like, well, yeah, duh, just bring what you need and don't go crazy.
1: Yeah, and I I think that obviously social media has changed this stuff so much that honestly, unless you're keeping some massive secret – I mean, my snare drum was supposed to come out at NAMM. There's been hundreds of them sold in stores before NAMM ever happened. Yeah, yeah yeah people no, telling yeah. me like oh i got your snare i'm like well i don't have it, it was, mine still it was, doesn't even have my name on it, it. was old <laughs> news, i have a prototype time
0: i got there it was old news like
1: cool i don't want to yeah. see that show me something else <laughs> totally i was in the, i will say this i wasn't even bummed that they put it in a corner and they were like well just so you know it is at the top of the snare drum rack i'm like it's in a corner dog like but i didn't care i mean it was like honestly it's been out for what five months now yeah, kind of so sort of. i feel like you're right uh the booths can I actually like the small booths you and I were at Big Fat Snare Drum for a Mm -hmm. little bit I enjoyed that I loved Tackle's booth like Tackle's booth is always like you step into a mini version of their shop yeah super cool and you just feel you you feel like you smell like leather (laughs) just by hanging it's like oh yeah man I I just yeah. stepped in here and now my my jacket is made out of waxed canvas. It's <laughs> amazing. about a
0: good group of guys. I mean, is there is there a nicer oh guy than Scott at tackle? I mean, no. good gosh. Nope. He was like, I uh, can't he's, be. In, he's like, I can't be in here too long because so I'm going to give away the booth. <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> told And I always saw. He's like, he's like, Mike, man, just take whatever you want. And I was like, <laughs> dog, I love you. I don't know if you got to meet. Did you meet Matthew, my uh, my guy from Adobe? And he he bought so. a bunch of tackle stuff? No, no, I didn't. okay. so he 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 was rolling around with like a bag, a stick bag, and a symbol bag, and he actually bought stuff. and I was like, that's awesome. Thank <laughs> you. If you would have told him that one day you met Mike Dawson near a river, he would have given you anything you wanted. Like that's just how nice Scott is. So um, yeah, he's a good dude, man. We were very lucky to have guys like Scott in the industry. But I felt a good vibe, to be honest. I mm-hmm. felt like the industry was definitely in a good place. I felt like, and I don't know, you saw much more of Nam than I did. Like I said, I I could only hang so long. And anytime I ran into somebody or a group of people that I wanted to talk to, I literally told them, let's just go outside. I can't talk to you here. Mm -hmm. So we'd go outside and hang. But anyways, I felt that there was like a much bigger separation than I remember in years past between acoustic kits and e-kits. I couldn't, I didn't see a lot of e-kits in the drum hall at Uh, all. And, um...
0: And the other separation is the e-kit stuff is 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 taken over, dude. It's taken over. Like, oh, for it, sure. It's there's yeah. We'll get into it more, but Elisa's, Roland, um, there's a new company. Yamaha's done some. I mean, it, Ava's got theirs. Yeah, game changing kind of stuff happening right now. And it's going to be mm-hmm. it's going to be a race, I think, for these companies to figure out who can do it the best for the, the cheapest price with the most features. It's pretty inspiring. I'm excited. Um, We'll dig into it more. But yeah. And they were purposely like, Roland was on like Hall E or A, like way down to the other end. And Elisa was upstairs in their own private room. You had to have an appointment to go in. The door was shut with no signage. Like you couldn't even get in unless it was like a secret room. Um, And Yamaha's in another building. So yeah. And what was the other one? Artesia. They were in Hall B, I think. So
1: yeah, that's my dog. All right, thanks, Jim. <laughs> She's not down with e kicks. So I'm just She's telling like, you. All right, right get now. back to real drums. So before, yeah, no, I mean, I saw yeah, go ahead. pretty
0: much everything. I think we should get your input on what you saw because you had a little sure. bit more, uh, a different view of the show. So what? Yeah, what stuck and out I'm,
1: I'm always there uh, looking. I'm looking for things to stand out because obviously there are restrictions of the fact that I have endorsements. So yeah, I already. I already did the Gretsch stuff at the DW headquarters earlier this year Mm -hmm. um, or actually late last year. So I knew what Gretsch and DW were coming out with really cool stuff. The river Cypress kit from Gretsch is the first kit that I made a little bit of an ass out of myself trying to get knowing that I can't. But I was like, (laughs) I, when I demoed it, I, 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 I mean, I'm in front of like 20 different drum shop owners and I just told them all, as soon as you get one of these, here's my cell phone number i will buy it from you because i know that i can't they've, they were already sold so there's yeah. only so much of this wood so it's gone so that that kit is definitely one of my dream kits the uh the bop kit made out of the river cypress wood um so i love that but as far as walking around i'm just waiting for something to stand out mm-hmm. and uh the one thing that stood out to me is that I've been very honest and very vocal about my feelings about A&F that when they came out and kind of took over social media maybe four years ago, I was very worried that the style would pass them by. Mm -hmm. Because you can only do the steampunk. It's so dirty. No one's ever been this dirty. It's like, okay, great. Yeah, yeah, can I get a shiny symbol? And then all of a sudden your company just (laughs) falls apart. So I've I've been waiting like, can you keep up with the trend? And I just felt, I feel like. They did, and they had this blue, this flat blue kit with uh, wood hoops that was made out of teak. I'd never seen a drum set made out of teak. Mm. Once again, like I talked about in the beginning of this podcast, I couldn't hear it. It sounded like a drum set, yeah, yeah. so I don't, I still don't know what teak sounds like, but, um, but that was a kit that I just kind of said, that was my baby grand piano. I said, I want that in my home. Mm-hmm. I just want that. I want to walk into an office and see that exact drum set in those sizes and just go, Yep. It's a good day. It is a good day. So between if it would be a toss-up for me between that and Gretsch's River Cypress kit, and both of them are kits that I would actually have to buy uh, yeah. because they're you know, I'm not endorsed by A and F and Gretsch doesn't have any more of the River Cypress kits. So those stood out to me. Um symbols are tough, man. I, I went mm-hmm. around I went to the Dream Booth, got to hang with those guys yeah. a little bit, uh went to Istanbul Agop, obviously Meinl's booth is kind of weird because it's open to the public, but it's so quiet up there, you feel very guilty if you make any noise. Yeah, right, yeah. Um, so, uh, saw a bunch of Zildjian stuff, just because now the Zildjian and Vic Firth booth are together. Yep. Uh, I can't hear anything. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of a, a, a tough thing. I, I would say, as far as things that stood out to me, uh, that and maybe as an aquarium artist, I'm, I'm very biased, but just how many drum heads were on display – that's been something I've been really bummed about in years past is mm. they've put such a uh, emphasis on things that have nothing to do with drum heads. Yeah, it's
0: true. And i like, a lot
1: of electronics and things totally yeah. and pads. And it was like, come on, man. Like you guys, I, I love your drum heads. Just show that you make them. And so that was really cool. Um, and yeah. Uh, and then, uh, I'm trying to think what else I, I don't know. I guess all the, all the boutique snare companies always make me happy. Yeah. You know,
0: but, you know, speaking so, of drum heads, Remo yeah. always, I think, always does it right. Here's twenty ten-inch toms, and they have each model from thinnest to heaviest in a row, tuned yeah. exactly the same. They make sure they retune them every couple hours. That's how you. That's how you demonstrate your product. It's like here, check agree. them all out. Which one do yep. you like? And they've been doing I that forever. Agree. I love that. Every yeah, time, every and, year, I, I think, and every year I do it. I'm like, yeah, did, I like the suede heads. I just like them. <laughs> and I just yeah. Keep and trying. I think
1: that that's. It's something that maybe Aquarian and Evans can't do because it's almost like obvious IP. Like, dude, you guys just did it the right way. We can't. You win. That's that's amazing. Uh, so Okay, so since you're there on a completely different <clears throat> vibe, you're actually bringing information for the magazine. What did you see that stood out to you? Um, there wasn't a lot of, like, shockers, um, okay.
0: which – i'm glad because i ever every every year i come back like man that was really cool and exciting but then i forget about it because it was just cool and exciting for nam so i think there was a lot more kind of like what's going to last throughout the year um to see rogers kits like full kits really kind of pulled at my my heartstrings because i was that at the
1: big bang booth i didn't see that
0: booth they had one that looks just like my main kit it's a black you know just a flat you know Black wrap. Beautiful. It looks yeah. spot on. They got a blue sparkle. It was just, it looks, they look like pristine vintage kits. So awesome. I think that's really cool to see that brand being treated properly. Um, they're not going for, like, they're not trying to reinvent it. It's just these are true to form Rogers drums. We know with some hardware upgrades that need to be done, but in general, they look just like the old stuff. Super yeah. cool. Um, a subtle thing, we'd mentioned Q drums. They have a new lug that just, Totally stopped me in my tracks. Really, to the point where I told Jeremy, the owner, uh, I was like, I, "This lug makes me forget what your old lug was. Like, I don't remember what your lugs were before." Wow! This. And it's just like a—it's kind of a throwback to like a Leedy style lug. Okay, but, but on their uh, gentleman series snares with the beaded center, it was just like that's what a snare drum is supposed to look like. So that's a to their thing. website. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm going to buy one. So. We'll will uh, we'll yeah. get to talk more about it. So that was so. I'm always looking for like the smaller things rather than the bigger things. Um, kick block. Did you see that? No.
1: It's, Is that something that goes in front of your bass drum? Yeah, it's kind of it like a,
0: you know, like just the classic picture of Elvin hammering a piece of wood in front of his bass drum. Yep. So he just created a little block with some Velcro on the bottom and it's it just sticks to your carpet and the drum
1: does not move. Dumb.
0: But it's not heavy wood, it's like some lightweight material that I was kind of shocked.
1: I think every uh, Yeah, every gigging drummer needs that, right? Yeah. So let's see, what else? I've got like thirty-five things here.
0: Welch, 35. The Welch tuning system, if you haven't seen that, it's like this, um, they invented a, it's essentially like a um, cello tuning or something that's like like wires and, and like guitar tuning style. Okay. That tunes the whole drum with one big like dorky looking.
1: Yeah, yeah. Thing. No, I, I played that kit. That guy was super nice. Super nice. Played the whole kit and it totally worked. It works. It sounds great.
0: It looks beautiful. It's not like there's a bunch yep. of crazy stuff on the drum, so Supposed to get one of those in to, to actually demo. So we'll we'll follow up with that more. My yeah, biggest concern say, is changing heads. So ahead. that's going to be the totally. big, the big test. Yep.
1: Um, but yeah, at I was actually shocked when he was like, "You got to try it out." I wanted to tell him it's Nam. I won't hear it. <laughs> I <laughs> I'm so jaded in this moment from sound that I I won't hear it. And I sat. I was like, "Fine, man, I'll check it out." And uh, so I start messing with it and. I see, like just like you said, it's got like this old school Fender P bass tuning peg, yeah, yeah, on the tom and on the snare and, and on the kick. And I did it, and I, I, I mean, the dude should have been filming me because I literally had one of those surprise looks, like "Holy crap, bro! Uh, yeah, this works. totally works!" And the drum is well in tune. <laughs> yeah. But it, but now the other thing is, it's tuning the top and bottom. But I think he told me you could actually decide to have one lower than the other. But it's tuning them at the exact same time. Yeah, I don't remember.
0: I, I, I think that might be based on what drum heads you use more than anything. Like, a Oh, thicker, that's
1: yeah, yeah, that's what he said. He said, yeah, if you want different sounds, go single ply on top, double like, ply on what? bottom, or vice versa. That's a myth. Let's just bust it. If the drum sounds good, the
0: drum sounds good. You don't totally have agree. to have the bottom head higher or lower than the top. Get over no. yourself. No, <laughs> whoa, whoa, easy, <laughs> <right>? dog.
1: <laughs> My drum comes with tone <laughs> control knobs, all right? So I, I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> the drum just it sounded good. Okay, so then it ended,
0: along the same lines, uh, Dial Tune finally unveiled their, their fully finished um, snare drum, which we reviewed in the March issue, comes out next week, which has similar system, but it has two large knobs so you can control the top head independently of the bottom head. Okay. I did Um, not see that. Super cool. um, and I met up with my my buddy Near Z, he was just walking by while I was over there talking to the guys and I was like, Check this drum out. So he sat down and just started like playing some rudimental snare drum stuff while I took the drum from like as high as it could go to as low as it could go in in forty five seconds and then went back up. Wow. So they posted that on their uh, Instagram page. It was just like an impromptu demo of this drum going from like marching drum to like guttural and then all back up to normal playing with while he's just kind of playing rolls and stuff. So also that thing works. I know there's been some kind of chatter about it being, you know, it can't possibly hold tune, but I reviewed it. It works. Wow. Um, outlaw drums were there first Nam show. I think I met them at Chicago drum show years ago. Um, so they do a lot of reclaimed wood drums, real kind of yep. rustic. They had one. Um, I don't know if they're going to sell it. It was made from a railroad tie. <laughs> like an oh, old really? railroad tie. The problem is those old railroad ties have so much oil in the wood that they just mm. stink.
1: <laughs> the drum, oh, wow. drum just smells bad. He's
0: like, smell this thing. I'm like, holy cow. I was like, yeah, I put so much like lacquer on this thing and it just
1: can't you seal just it. Can't stop it? Wow. <laughs> yeah, I, I meant to go over there. I, I talked to him on Instagram and once again, just one of those things where... It's kind of hard to find things. You get in there, and then you yeah. get swamped by people, and you're just <clears throat> not able to walk freely. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so there's that. But I wanted to see their stuff because I've seen him do really important drums for people. Where somebody said, "You know this this is this is wood from a barn that was on my father's, yeah, exactly. You know, uh, lot twenty or two hundred years ago. Crazy stuff. And, and I know that he put some. Uh, i had a buddy that had one of the drums made and i think he put the the guy's father's medals from the war Mm. like into the drum and i mean they they do some crazy stuff yeah he sounds really work amazing sentimental drums for sure and they sound fantastic yeah
0: and they look cool somehow he's able to retain the image of the original building or whatever but he has to recreate it so that's really kind of cool so that was nice to see him sabian with their printed symbols did you see those Were those the color y ones? Yeah, they're kind of a shocker. Like they're printing onto the symbol, and it doesn't, I couldn't really tell it affecting the sound in any major way. Like one looked like carbon fiber. It was kind of like disconcerting because it had, you know, carbon fiber has that kind of 3D look to it. Pretty wild. So I'm, I mean, they they came out with some of the most outlandish things for the show. Right. But I'm really curious to see where that goes because there's potential for a lot of merchandising and brand logos and all kinds of stuff with that.
1: Good point, yeah um
0: okay where else i can't pronounce it shaw girl shlaw girl <laughs> yep
1: yep let you just keep swimming around in that one i was born in west virginia all right anyway <laughs> born and raised um it's
0: it's a company i don't remember exactly where they are they're in europe they they originally were making like high-end brass instruments like trumpets and things like okay. that now they're rolling drums some of the most high-end, amazing-looking instruments I've ever seen. Really? Yeah. You would probably want one for your to match your ANF <laughs> kit. And what is? Uh, <laughs> how do you spell this? I think it's S C H A G E R L. I kind of chicken scratched it down. Okay. I'll track um, it down. Yeah, if you find yeah, it. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, amazing drums. I mean, absolutely amazing. They have full. Oh, kits, okay. So they're from brass. they're
1: from Austria. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Here, I did see those. The, uh, yeah. Go ahead and hit buy it now. You'll you'll thank me later. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh man. Those those fights are always fun. When that bill comes in and, and the wife sees that I bought another snare drum because I I need one. Yeah. That those are those are good fights. I like those. Those are almost as good as the camera fights. Oh, yeah. Well, you know yeah. what? Well, you've got campers to take care of thank you see
0: (laughs) because they're all going to buy a $5,000 snare drum (laughs) exactly yeah those are gorgeous wow so and then uh, Legato our buddy our buddies at Legato Carlos and uh, Buddy also from um, uh, Love Custom Drums yep so they have a cymbal company Legato and they had some really really cool looking acid treated cymbals so they they have like a a a different version of the patina sandblasted look that everyone's kind of doing Okay. They kind of were like all right, I need these. They're they look aged but not like too pretentious
1: about it, <laughs> you know? What this I mean? is so funny that like I was at NAM, but I'm literally going to NAM with you online by just like <laughs> everything you say I just type it into Google and I'm like,
0: yeah yeah didn't see that but cool <laughs> yeah, pretty dope pretty dope all right where else can we go solid uh solid drums mm-hmm. always had something cool he had a green with like 24 karat gold hardware solid snare drum with a matching case that was green with yellow patches and stuff i told him i was like all right that's going to be the one that todd suckerman buys so you can go ahead and right. set it aside it yeah. just had his <laughs> had his vibe um all right what else this was one that i was it was one of those like I can't believe no one has done this before moment. The new Benny Gribbs signature snares with the mufflers that go vertically, like there's a slot in the shell rather than a knob that tightens it. Yeah. It's like why has anyone done that before? So you're not you're not twisting anything, you're just
1: raising it onto the head and lowering it just away. From it had two I mean, two mufflers inside of it. Yeah. I, I will say that um I think if you're an inventive person Sonar might be the best company to be signed with because they're so heavy on the engineering side. Yeah, exactly. that they're happy to innovate. And when I look at the things they've put out, it's never just that it sounds great. It's always a little bit of something innovative as well. Or just like you said, it's like, oh, okay, that's that just makes sense.
0: Which was what was interesting about that drum. Those, I think, it had maybe two different models. But you know, Sonar snare drums to me, they kind of don't need to be muffled. They just they sound dense and chunky and there's not a ton of overtone the way they're they're made. So it's kinda of like, okay, this drum actually sounds fine wide open. I don't really want these right. mufflers, but it was
1: cool just to have yeah. that option well and you know it he follows me on instagram so when he sees that i have a muffle in my you, you know he has to have i get it it's all good it's all good i just will say that no no sheep or lamb were hurt in the making of my felt muffle from what i know i don't fully understand what felt is made out of but just kidding all right moving
0: on so let's see what else <laughs> did you see that crazy new uh ludwig new sonic kind of like um i don't know what you call it like digital swirl it was like a You mean that strata looking kit? Yeah, it was like a it was like a oyster swirl, but it was all like um like video game looking. I think Carter actually has the kit.
1: Did you see that in the person? The you mean the gray and white one? Yeah, yeah, Yeah. I saw that. I I didn't. That stuff. I have to say, as a Ludwig lover and a Ludwig fan, that stuff drives me nuts (laughs) because it's almost like I I want our industry to move forward. But not all of our industry.
0: <laughs> you like, were Ludwig just to be black beauty acrobatics. Gretch and Ludwig, fun. just stay where
1: you are. <laughs> you you got to write like a hundred years. The entire world's been copying you for a century. Stand still. I think that, uh, but yeah, I saw that. Um, I Digi will say this. It's
0: called Digital Black Oyster. That's what they're calling it. Whatever. <laughs>
1: Sell that finish to to like a custom company that does that stuff. It was it was fine. I just didn't want to see it on a Ludwig. Doesn't matter. The kit's going to sound amazing. I will say this though. I did the snare that Carter's been posting like crazy. The um, um whatever the I, couldn't, I couldn't find it. That's because it wasn't on display, so I had Neilan go grab it for me. Uh, I was going to. I I took a him. picture of it, sent it to Carter. I was like, hey, man, just sign with Ludwig. Here's my new snare. I told him I was going to go make sure I would marred up the shell before he got it. <laughs> <laughs> and then I couldn't find it. Bummer. Yeah. It, it, was, it was quite gorgeous. And, and you could tell, like, even when Neelan was like, he's like, hey, who's got the snare? And it's, like, in this secret room, and then they pull it out of a case. And I was like, damn. Uh, but that, yeah. I mean, Ludwig, yeah. I, oh, let's talk about this on Ludwig's side. The re-release of the Speed King pedal.
0: Yeah, right. I played it. It was amazing. I didn't play it, but I'm sure I'm sure it's fine. I mean, really it's if you have so... a good Speed King, it's still a good pedal.
1: Totally. But this one was um, almost reminded me of the feel that Jojo went for with his Sonar pedal. Mm. It just was so fluid just and followed invisible. his foot so yeah. well. Yeah, I really, really liked it. I was—I've been known to make fun of old speed kings, and it was never actually the pedal. I—it th- was somehow the thing that sticks out that attaches the kind of the beater and the shaft to the pedal, it always rubbed against the head. Yeah, it sticks out too far. Yeah, yeah, that's what I always made fun of. Because it's like, well, I don't know if the pedal has good response because it goes... It's, guck, it's guck, tearing guck, up guck, your guck, drum
0: heads. Yeah. yeah. That and that really terribly bent piece on the bottom you have to, like, fish around that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and then if it accidentally comes off you're like i can't put my pedal back together (laughs) i'm just yeah so they fixed it they fixed it so check out the new speed king now that was pretty dope all right
0: what else uh introduced a subtle thing but some 602 medium weights which sounded beautiful those were like uh i saw jason sutter over there he was kind of part of the the r&d for that and and he, he said it right like you hit this crash that's that sounds like a crash. That's what you want a crash to sound like. You hit the sixteen, the eight. It's like crash, crash. There it is. You're done, right? So those, it's. I, I love Peisty for that. It's like consistent. Yeah, kind of like yeah. You can get all your cool kid stuff elsewhere, but this is the stuff you're going to use.
1: <laughs> I actually, I know. I actually wish they would. I wish they would go all in on the marketing of like, hey, handmade is great, but you know what we do is whenever you break your crash. Don't freak out. Yep. Get another one. It sounds just like it. <laughs> Add like <to> cart. Yeah. <laughs> that's not a negative. That's a super huge positive. Yeah, um, for sure. You know what it's like to break a handmade symbol, and you're going like, "I'll that was the one. That was the only one in the world that'll ever sound exactly like that. Mm-hmm. I'll get the same characteristics." So, I love that. Uh, speaking of the hand, or uh, machine made symbols, did you get to see that? At least in my mind, from the booth, that Minel finally cracked the code to stamped thin crashes for them. So their M series, they finally have thin crashes. Oh really? No, I didn't even get yeah. up to their
0: booth. I had a, for me to get up onto the third second and third so, floor I right. was like, ah, it's impossible. Right. I'll see you next Yeah year. <laughs> it was cool
1: because those those M series um at least I think that's what they're called, but it's there. Yeah, that was a couple of years ago they put those out. Yeah. And the problem was they they made them as thin as they could, but they were still, they're still thick. Yeah yeah. They finally have some thin crashes in that line and I was like ah oh, awesome. So that thing it looks like they're accomplishing that uh, which was really cool it was nice to hear those beautiful crashes but not probably carry that same price tag as a handmade symbol that gets made in turkey and then shipped over to germany right
0: okay so let's to finish out acoustic drums before i talk about electronics uh, pearl had some gorgeous solid shell snare drums um, where was pearl were they on the first floor they were upstairs and okay. that was That's a similar thing where you had to you had to have a meeting to kind of get in there um, gotcha but beautiful maple walnut and ash I think okay or maybe cherry but just simple beautiful classic solid shell snare drums with their own version of like an inlay type of approach to the shell nice um, and they they redid their eliminator pedal
1: remember that thing yeah of course that they, was the I used to ask for that if if a place didn't carry DW and I do clinics I was like get me a pearl eliminator right it so, is the DW5000 but affordable and right. it always
0: works And but what they did was they got rid of the removable cams that was always kind okay. of a thing with it it came with three yep. cams but almost everyone just decided on which one they liked and stuck with it so they just got rid of that option it's like there's two versions there's one with this cam that everyone likes or if you like the other cam here's this version with that cam built in right. uh, which I, I dig that I like a pedal that it's, you just You just use it. You don't have to worry about interchanging cams and parts falling off, all that stuff. Right. Um, So, to go into the DW Gretsch PDP LP booth, I think this is the year for PDP to make a big comeback, a big push. Their Bop Kit anniversary Bop Kit was like stunning, stunning. Like, that's if anyone says, What should I get for a second kit? Eh, Check out PDP. (laughs) I I had a long
1: talk with their product manager when I was there because they debuted all that stuff. Uh, when I was there a few months ago and the, the presentation went DW drums, PDP drums, Gretsch drums. Mm. And so you, you have to sit through the whole thing. And uh, I remember thinking like, okay, cool. Um, and now their product manager was gone for quite a while, but he was the one that was originally there that got the PDP line kind of where it is. And mm. with, you know, the PDP X seven and everyone could get a seven piece kit for an right. affordable price and good finishes and all that. And now I feel like, okay, let's reestablish PDP as its own brand. Instead of you're paying $2,600 for a kit made by the company that also makes DW, but I don't know what the hell just happened. So I agree with you get back in that kind of, $800 800 800 to 1500 range and crush it.
0: Yep. And, and I thought they did a great job. Yeah, they're doing. And same thing with Gretsch. I mean, their high-end stuff is always great, but their Catalina and Renown stuff, they added some new finishes and options. I'm like, again, this is this is the entryway into like really nice stuff right here. Yeah.
1: There's a new Catalina uh rock kit with a 24, 13, 16, 18 and wood hoops. Mm-hmm. That if I was doing like the rival sons thing, that's my kit. Yeah, I mean, not kit. even if I could afford anything. It was just like I played it, I demoed it. it. As soon as you played it, you realized if you do anything more than 16th notes at 85 BPM, you're fired. <laughs> this kit will not allow, this kit will fire you. So, uh, by the way, um, I wanted to announce. Uh, I'm I'm checking out the Pearl Music City custom solid snares. Yeah. So I wanted to announce that I've just officially left Gretsch and I'm now a Pearl (laughs) artist. Thank you guys so much for all the support. It's been amazing. Um, If you bought my Brooklyn Standard (laughs) snare, I'm sorry. Damn. These are gorgeous. They are, yeah. Wow. And those lugs, they've got those reference lugs, but now it looks like there's like a brass or gold insert. Yeah. Um, Oof. Oof.
0: Yeah, pretty dope. Okay. And the price, they're, I believe, eight ninety nine. So 99 Why don't I know anybody at Pearl? <laughs> <laughs> Those are gorgeous. That's cool, I was about man. to tell you who to contact whenever I realized we're talking to the public here. That's probably not a good
1: idea. <laughs> No, no, God, no. Andrew uh, Streve, I love you, brother. <laughs> fresh for
0: life, woo! So the, now, the thing with DW is I often just overlook it because it's just so beautiful. Everything is just so beautiful. I'm like, oh, of course, they're doing beautiful stuff. And that's and kind of like... I almost overlook it because i'm like all right i don't want to give them too much attention because they don't need yeah. it but they had some like pinstripe finishes did you see these things yeah it was like a wood veneer with like metal pinstripes like i think it was aluminum or brass or something that really I... caught wow. my eye because it's like a thin pin- vertical pinstripe going around the shell oh, you know wow. cut within like a beautiful whatever it may be it was, uh,
1: it's. I mean, honestly, they they are the Le- LeBron James. Like, there's a reason LeBron doesn't get Player of the Year every year or MVP because <clears> no <throat> one can handle it. They're like, we're <laughs> over it. Same thing with DW. It's like, I, you know, that if like any other company came out with some of the stuff that DW does, we'd be like, oh my god, yeah, oh my god. <laughs> but when DW does it, it's like, yeah, I. You guys have been doing it for so long at this level. I just don't know what to say. Um, I can say this though. There is. It signed NDA stuff that I can't talk about with DW Uh-oh. that is life changing so just wait for another six months Whew, you know what NDAs don't apply to podcasts do they let hey, me tell you you can get sued I don't care <laughs> <laughs> Do you imagine that would be my defense yeah. no it was on a podcast good luck I did good luck
0: finding a 5000 pedal anywhere in the world after you right? disclose yeah.
1: <laughs> oh what's that my uh, DW owns my drum company too great fantastic <laughs> All right, now let's talk about electronics. Okay. Um, first of all, a newcomer
0: to the scene, Artesia, which uh, my friend Mike Bedard, who used to tour with Jordan Sparks, and he's done a bunch of great work, he was the guy kind of debuting this
1: kit. Okay.
0: It's um, This is going to set a theme for the rest of it. It looks like an acoustic kit. like I. Okay. Except for the fact that there's wires plugged into it. I, I would have thought it was just like a bop kit.
1: Oh, okay. And
0: so I got up on the stage and messed around with it a bit, and it feels like a real kit. The bass drum feels like a bass drum. The drums feel like drums. And the sounds are good, and the module's simple. So that's a new player. I don't know where they're going to be. We should keep our eye on them. It's Artesia, A-R-T-E-S-I-A.
1: Um, oh, okay. I think... So the the EF Note kit.
0: Yeah. It's like a white kit, maybe with like gray hardware yep. or something. Yep. Yeah. We're checking out, keeping our eye on... Um, Yamaha is now offering like a conversion kit for their to work with their EAD 10, I believe. So you can get mesh heads and triggers. So you can then convert your acoustic kit into an electronic kit if you already own an EAD 10. Their, awesome. their new firmware is has some presets that are designed to work with that setup with mesh heads and triggers. So that's super cool. Um, awesome. Oh, and I didn't talk about their new stage custom hip kit the, in acoustic world. So it's a I believe a 10 by 20 bass drum. It's like a little compact kit. Oh, cool. Yeah, super cool. I'm getting one of those into reviews, so we'll definitely talk about that more. Um, So that's Yamaha's Electronics Roland. Also introduced a kit that looks like an acoustic kit, like actual drum shells, full-size drum shells. Uh, One of those is coming here to review. Uh, I have to give my editors a choice of word to the Elisa Strike Pro kit that I went and checked out. Really? It's... It could be a game-changer. I think it's like $2,500, $2,600, and it plays phenomenal. I mean, I felt like I was playing real drums, like full-size drums, mesh heads and everything. The modules, they're super deep with tons of detail. So I got one of those literally delivered yesterday. So we're going to be reviewing a lot of electronics over the next few months. Awesome. Um, So if you're in a market for a... Not just a practice electronic kit, but like a performance level electronic kit that doesn't cost $8,000. We've got some options now. Which that's cool. Super stoked to see. That was yeah, my th- hesitance for like going for the high end electronic kit. Is like I'd, I could buy a car or I could buy an electronic kit. <laughs> you yeah. know? No, that's crazy. I need something that's in the price point of like a, a nice mid priced acoustic well, kit.
1: Well, I think what what makes it a little bit more outlandish is when the e kit isn't meant to be your main kit you don't want to spend that kind of money yeah. you know it's like you'd rather spend that on an on an acoustic kit if the e-kit is going to be your only kit then maybe it's a little bit different you know mm-hmm. um and i think that it's it's tough because i want my students to play acoustic kits for sure cuz i it's tough when they come here and kind of freak out over their first acoustic experience mm-hmm. right i but I also want them to have an entry into our instrument, and if e kits can get them into playing drums, then I'm all for it. Yeah. So yeah, it's a, it's as an educator, it's a balance, man. Um, yeah, I just can't wait to talk in six months. <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute. Okay. Anyway, uh, <laughs> what? Moving on. Let's keep talking.
0: I think that might be the end of Nam for me. Um, I did I did uh, snag one of the tackle uh, snare drum cinch bags which I never, I didn't think I would love it. And then I was getting onto the plane with my carry on. I'm like, I could throw all my like laundry into this and it's perfect. (laughs) It's like a good overnight bag. So you put your drum and your overnight clothes. If you're traveling, it's a really, okay. Well
1: to wrap up Nam, two quick things. One, uh, hopefully, some of you guys follow Sugar Percussion's Instagram page oh, and seeing seeing <laughs> so Jefferson's good. Nam posts from not going to Nam was epic. I Absolutely got epic. so
0: many emails. Did Sugar really get shut down? Did Sugar really get shut down?
1: So good. I'm like newsflash, so good. they're not here. They're no, not even.
0: I mean, they got kicked out. No,
1: like no, they're not here. <laughs> they never came in the they first never place. Came. So that was epic because <laughs> that was amazing. Yeah, uh, and well then. Done. Number two, uh, the dates are still forthcoming. It looks like it's going to be in late March, but the one thing that came out of this Nam is I finally got to meet Jason McGurr in person, and Mm -hmm. we have planned our clinic tour. It's going to go from Central California all the way up to Seattle, and then from there I'll head off to Canada because I've got a drum festival in Canada, but it looks like it's going to be the last week of March. Uh, So it's going to be a Gretsch tour, me and Jason together, We're still working out all the finer details, but both of us will be on stage the whole time. He'll have his time. I'll have my time. We'll do some stuff together. But it will definitely be a clinic tour that is the biggest goal is to get people excited about drumming and the process that goes through it and make everybody feel like we're on this same journey together. Mm -hmm. Uh, So the non-domination clinic tour. Now, are you going to play his beat for him? No. It's (laughs) great by (laughs) Fires Group. Hell no. Hell no. Uh, yeah, it was actually, it was really cool. I mean, we've been talking about doing a clinic tour together for a while, but you kind of have to meet somebody in person before you commit to being out on the road with them for a week together. Yeah, true. So it's like, can we get a dinner in or something before we? Before I say, yeah, man, it'd be cool because I like your Instagram page and I'm a fan of your drumming, so I'm sure we'll get along. I've made that mistake before. So uh, yeah, it was great, man. We just had so many uh, common experiences. It was really cool to get his take on... I didn't know him when he did the Modern Drummer Festival. Mm -hmm. Um, And that I felt from the outside looking in that that was such an original approach. I'd never seen anybody do that Mm -hmm. um, where they built the kit on stage for him. Mm -hmm. But he he has the technique that they never needed to bring anything out. He could have just done snare drum for a half hour and we would all would, would have loved it. But getting his take on how that experience went and what he was going through mentally and how he approached it and how I told him when we do our clinic tour, man, The more vulnerable you can be, the more open we can both be about what we go through mentally, Mm -hmm. especially the doubts. The more that it'll be really good for the crowd. Like they need to know that because you know when when I see Horacio Hernandez play the Modern Drummer Festival for the first time in whatever that was, like ninety three. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in in my mind, I'm like, well, I can't even imagine he's ever even had butterflies before. He can't. No self doubt whatsoever. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Tony Royster's twelve. What's he got to be nervous about? You know but it's like dude that's a 12 year old kid that's going out and playing like before legends so uh so yeah so anyways um I hearing Jason's approach to that definitely gave me the reinforcement of preparation equals relaxation. Mm. Over-prepare, you'll be fine. And uh, and he crushed it. So it, I think that'll be a fun clinic tour. So, so we'll we, keep you guys posted, uh, but that's going to be just a West Coast run. And then, to, uh, yeah,
0: uh, that's it. We have to give a special thanks to the guys at Big Fat Snare Jump for allowing us to totally. take over their booth for a few minutes. It got it, I didn't realize their booth was so tight, so we really couldn't, like, it was like, where do we go? What right. do we do? But it was just awesome to meet so many different just people. Just to hang. Yeah, so those, yeah, dudes, those dudes rule. I did wear their... Uh, what is it? I'm a Ding Dong Daddy t-shirt they made for me. <laughs> Damn right you are. I had to wear it. Show up in a Ding few photos. I'm like, I don't know
1: if everyone gets the joke. I just kind of look like a like a I just look like a Ding Dong Daddy.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, it was awesome, and it, it was cool just getting to meet people that know us from the podcast. That's new for me mm. for sure, where people are like, man, you should like, you should start a website or do like clinics, <laughs> but I love the podcast. I'm like, Okay, cool. I'll look into it. <laughs> the first you know first Mike time I Dawson had... should get a job, too. Yeah, right. It's oh, first... that's right. He's
0: the managing editor of Modern Magazine. It was the first time I had someone hear my voice and recognize my voice. I'm like, oh, my God. That's terrible. That's a nightmare for me. <laughs> yeah.
1: As soon as they say, can you say, like, no, I cannot say. Can you do my voice message for me? No, I'm not doing your voice message. Dawson will do it.
0: I'm happy to do some audible books if anyone needs me to butcher their writing.
1: <laughs> happy to do it. Oh, my God. <laughs> You gotta do a calm story, put people to sleep. (laughs) All right, so NAM is done. You wanna talk some education real quick? Let's do it. We're already let's get get some value in in here. Yeah, Yeah, we're only an hour deep. (laughs) Give me a lesson. Uh, Teach me something, teach. Okay. So let's talk about sticking patterns. So sticking patterns, for now, we're just gonna stick with one subdivision. So let's assume we're in sixteenth notes. The first thing we would have would be single strokes. Mm -hmm. Uh, do you consider singles to be a sticking pattern i do i believe it to be
0: one of two i think of singles and doubles and that's
1: i don't do much more than that i agree i and i don't do a lot of groups of three i mean even if i'm playing something as syncopated as a cascara pattern it's still singles and doubles yeah um now that's different than groupings of three using two hands but it's still my right hand while going dank, do dank, dank, do dank, dank, do dank, do never goes to groups of threes. It's always singles and doubles. Mm-hmm. So what I wanted to talk about is why do we have sticking patterns? If I played on this desk, this, you wouldn't, without seeing me, you don't know are those singles, are those doubles, are they paradiddles? There's no way to know. And so One of the most obvious reasons that we have sticking patterns is because we have multiple surfaces to play them on. And as soon as you break this up into two things, then you can hear, oh, you're doing something other than right, left, right, left. If I did inverted paradiddles, you would hear that as well. So I wanted everyone to hear what that sounds like. So I made a little quick demo i was supposed to make it yesterday i did record it yesterday a thousand times so this is now a new lesson for all of you which is play any sticking pattern on the snare drum completely monotone and then split your hands splitting not a problem playing these patterns monotone on a snare drum to make it sound like just straight you know alternating strokes oh my god (laughs) It was, I got beatniked. That's what happened. I done got beatniked. I felt like I got smacked over the head with a beatnick pad. You get
0: all kinds of ticks if you're in a DCI drum line.
1: Oh, oh my gosh. I Seriously, you'll hear by the end of this demo, by the time I get into the more complicated uh, sticking patterns, the snare drum that precedes the, the split thing is pretty bad. So what you guys will hear is I'm playing a pattern of singles, doubles, paradiddles, inverted paradiddles. Mm. Um, On the snare drum for one bar, and then all I do is move my hands. Right hand goes to floor tom and left hand goes to snare drum. So while you're listening to this, see if you can hear the pattern that I'm about to play when you're listening to the snare. Can you detect what I'm doing on the snare? And I wanted to show you why we have sticking patterns. Once you spread your hands out, there's absolutely a reason to have multiple rights and multiple lefts. So let's give this a listen. hear the snare getting a little wonky towards the end well first of all you know you're being a little bit too modest that's that's
0: not easy to do especially with a microphone on and it was here's what 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 i noticed was not dynamically actually what i noticed was spacing yes like the sound was consistent i couldn't tell what you were doing sticking wise i could just tell that when you play doubles something was getting compressed in certain ways
1: i yeah when i was playing the snare especially once i got to Actually, even probably by the inverted paradiddle was as soon as I could detect the spacing issues. I can do it without accenting it. That that's what I couldn't do yesterday. I couldn't stop going dun du do, do, do I couldn't oh, stop actually, grooving it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so if you could have seen me film this, how <laughs> stiff I was and how choked up on the sticks I was, and I was like, God, ga ga I'm not gonna lie. My metronome might have been set at sixteenth notes. <laughs> do, 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 do. <laughs> it was like it was like the beat nick. Um, But by the time that I got to the cascara pattern and the groups of threes and fives, the the spacing was rough on the snare drum. That's why when I was done with it, I was like, yeah, that's totally making it into my camp book this year. Mm. That's a fantastic exercise.
0: Well, you got to beat
1: Nick, brother. Start using it. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Newsflash. That's what happens after you use it. You should have heard it last year. (laughs) I do use it. That that exercise was tough, man. I'm armchair
0: quarterbacking, but... No, I, what I noticed was, um, yeah, just, and also I think that's, that's kind of when I, when I teach this, cause it's part sort of like what I teach in my clinics is you, you, you want to get rid of all the variations so you can control it, but ultimately those variations are what's going to give you the music to use these things for.
1: Totally. So that what, what you guys just heard is a very non-musical example, and it was really hard to not want to make those things groove. Like when I got to the cascara pattern, I wanted to go, dang, shoot, dang, dang, go, dang. But it was like, pop, bop, do do <laughs> right. You know, it's, it was so stale. But I wanted you to hear like, okay, but if I did that on one single drum, and didn't accent it, how would you know what I was doing? Yeah, the reason we higher, have yeah. one of, yeah, one of the reasons we have patterns is because we have multiple surfaces. Now, this is where I think you and I might have different takes, or maybe we agree, because I know we haven't talked about this. My other reason for practicing sticking patterns is what I call get-out-of-jail-free cards. 100%. Sometimes, okay, 100%. so we agree on that. Yeah, 100%. If you get
0: to the end, if I don't I don't practice, and I don't learn, and I don't teach phrasing patterns, like extended 16-note things that you memorize. I don't do that. I teach can you shift between singles and doubles at will freely at any point in any, any part of the measure. Therefore, if you're playing a fill and you've got to do a double on the floor time, you don't freak out to get back to one. You're not dropping exactly. subdivisions, which then makes you rush and all that kind of stuff.
1: Or maybe in a linear sense, you added in one kick, which now puts you at left-hand lead, but you're halfway through the idea that you're playing. And you yeah. realize, oh, my God, I'm left-hand lead. Well, Just one. a double one double yeah. of either hand in your in your back <laughs> yeah, but totally. it's it's hard to realize that when you're going around the kit and you're 17 at you know your school band concert and you're like oh god I'm leading with my left hand I'm leading with my left hand what do I do it's like dude just hit something twice you'll <laughs> be back to right hand <laughs> yeah. lead you're fine but you got
0: to practice it and I think I think there's a little Absolutely. bit too much of an emphasis on learning these extended phrases that that you know, you learn this lick. I don't. Anytime you call something a lick, I'm like, I'm out. See you later. I'm going outside. Yeah. I don't want to be part of yeah. this because you're <laughs> learning something. Like it's too long. <laughs> it's just too. It's long.
1: yeah. Well, and uh, you know, I think uh, my last YouTube video starts off with like, if you want to learn this groove, you're asking the way wrong question. Mm-hmm. You should be asking what made this groove possible. Right. Yep. Learn the fundamental elements. Learn the ingredients that made this recipe possible. Then you can cook whatever the hell you want. Yeah, it's always be different. S- you always have options. Totally, but I mean, I I know when I'm walking around Nam and I'm like, that dude literally just watched my newest YouTube video. You're playing <laughs> 32 notes, 32 exact notes that I just taught. Like, at That's least such a Fred it-
0: Armisen like joke, you know, right, left, 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 right, left, kick, kick, right, left, right, left, left, left kick, kick kick, left, kick, kick, right, left, kick, left, kick, like, right, blah blah, left, blah, 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 yeah. blah, 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 flam, blah, blah. flam, 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 flam. How about this? Can and you so, do a double at any point in a measure? Can you do a bunch of singles and then a left hand double? Yeah. Do you know how it results? Like, that's what I try to stress way I totally, I,
1: and even when somebody, a student brings me something like, hey, can you teach me this thing? I say, why don't I just teach you what made that possible? Let's zoom out. Mm-hmm. What was our subdivision? Okay, it was sixteenth note triplet, so it's a triplet based groove. Was it linear or nonlinear? You know, was it? Did it have a backbeat? Let's find out the main components and work on that. And then why don't you just create your own one of these? Yeah. That's the reason I would never play Jason McGurr's beat for him. Is I'd much rather inform him say, "Hey, your Grapevine Fires groove inspired these ten shuffle variations." Mm. Yeah, right. of mine exactly. You know, I would yeah. and I and I would feel totally proud with that because something must have launched him into that groove in the first place. So
0: now, okay, so we talked about that, and I do. I think it's important to stress because there's been some different different philosophies floating out there in the online world and whatever about what you should and shouldn't spend your time practicing. Mm. I think spending your time practicing ultimate precision dynamically and rhythmically with mixed stickings. Is incredibly important and n- not something that you can be like, oh, I can go use that on a gig today, or I'm um, strengthening yeah. something that's going to be valued to me immediately. That that ability to control your muscles and your reflexes to be super precise, dynamically and rhythmically with mixed stickings, I think that's going to pay off exponentially more than working through 800 method books on. Left That's foot right. independence or something. It's painful. Well, it's difficult. You're going to suck for like ten years, <laughs> you know. Right. But yeah, when yeah. it finally like comes clear, like I only say that because it's like literally for me. I feel like I finally can control this stuff. The stuff that I thought I had no talent for my entire life. Right. Like I can never play with consistent time. It's just not in my physiology. BS. Because I practiced it.
1: Now yeah, I can control 100%. it. Percent. And I think that that's what separates a lot of different tiers of drummers is just the amount of work. I mean, the talent the Talent shows up in different ways. I think talent, if we're going to call it that, shows up in vision. You and I were talking before this came on about like seeing a video of Mark just hanging out, how he can, Mark Juliana can just do something. He has the vision in the first place to do it. We might have the work ethic to practice it if someone else would have had the vision for us. Right, yeah. But, you know, so that to me is talent. Like it's like, well, and maybe someday I will have that. But I do know that. Whatever it is, even watching Gartska play with Animals as Leaders, which by the way, that's always weird. That's a Nam thing. Nam (laughs) is you just walking around with one of your drum buddies and you bump into an Animals as Leaders concert. Right. That was so (laughs) weird. Yeah, (laughs) or Tower of Power. Totally. And it was I was like, wait, I saw Matt earlier in the day. He didn't even mention he was playing tonight. And the
0: worst part is you're like, eh, I'm ready to go.
1: (laughs) Because I'm so worn out. (laughs) Totally. And and for the first time in Los Angeles it was cold, so I was (sighs) like I was like, man, you want to go, uh, go to the lobby of a hotel and warm up. So, uh, so anyways, I think that when it comes to practice, you're right. Being able to be precise and the precision, which I think this is where things can absolutely get confusing for a student that's trying to work on this precision actually creates fluidity. hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah. Which is a little bit like, it's a little bit of, um, it's a little, what would you call that? Uh, well, I mean, think of think it's contradictory. Of, think of a great visual
0: artist. Think of Salvador Dali. He didn't come out of the gates having melting clocks and stuff. He right. did realistic portrait work for years to the point where he could draw something that looks like a photograph. And then he's yeah. like, "You know what? I'm going to make this dude have ants coming out of his ears." <laughs> you know, and he just started <laughs> to make his own thing out of it. Would love to hear Salvador Dali talk like that.
1: You know what? I'm going to make this dude. I'm going to prop him up on
0: some crutches, have his face melting. But even it's in be that, awesome. even in his surrealist uh, surrealistic art, he's got so much precision and control that it's like yeah. this dude. There's no. He wasn't like I'm going to do my own thing and just embrace my talent and be weird. Now nah, he yeah. he struggled to make the perfect brushstrokes to make it look like a photograph for probably a decade or more. So, yeah. we have to kind of keep that in perspective. I just had to throw that's my little soapbox rant, but I, it just drives me nuts when I kind of feel people throw that stuff aside. It's like the fun happens when you do all the hard work to the point when now you can actually express yourself.
1: Tell me, tell me that drums aren't a metaphor for life. <laughs> right? Right? I mean, everything you learn in drums, you're like, yeah, I guess that's life. Yeah. That's, that's how it goes. Take care of all your right, body so, so you can live a healthy life, you know? <laughs> it's like <laughs> work. Work on your sticking patterns, and if you guys want, uh, if you guys want a hell of an exercise, I'm telling you, do what I did. It it was not easy. Hey, so and this I, I is, just, this supports yeah. my argument that practice pads are bad, though, because <laughs> oh, oh yeah. biscuits.
0: You know what's bad?
1: You probably it's sound spending a great week in LA looking reflex. at drums with people blazing. I hadn't played drums in a week. You man. probably
0: sound beautiful on your reflex pad.
1: Oh, <laughs> oh my god, that's okay. You know what? I'm actually going to talk to some lawyers and find out how we can put an end to that. Uh, mm, mm. I'll be... Uh, you know what? Again, I'm going to drop an honesty bomb on you. I sound even worse on the pad. <laughs> the Brooklyn Standard sweetened out some of my strokes. Now, that, uh, that's a tough exercise, man. It is. That and is... I'm, I'm
0: only giving you grief because you're willing to put yourself out there to do and show that that's not easy. Hey, man, I,
1: I trust that some of our listeners will give it a try. <laughs> what I did was I just wrote down... The words, singles, doubles, paradiddles, inverted paradiddles. And then I think from that I went to threes, groupings of threes. And then I did a cascara pattern. So I had those written down on a piece of paper, not the patterns, just the words. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, I just was going back and forth. But I, I, I'm totally honest, I had to do that way more times than I was. Cause I, you know how we do this. Come in five minutes before we start. Uh, you literally sent me the link as we hit record. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Press record. I and I was. It's funny. I was driving here after taking Juno for a long walk this morning, and I had my hands on the heater vents of my car, being like, "I'm gonna have to record this thing in five minutes, and I only have five minutes to do it. I got to get my hands warm because they're gonna be jittery. So yeah, that's a tough exercise. I hope you guys will give it a try. But mm. most importantly. It was to demonstrate why we have sticking patterns. When you have multiple surfaces, you don't want to just play singles or just straight doubles all the time. So work on those sticking patterns. Work on books like Stick Control. There's a reason that thing's been around for as long as it has. And that precision will create fluidity around the drum set. Absolutely. Now, talking about somebody that does have great precision and fluidity. We should push him till next week. (laughs) <laughs> I totally agree. I was going to say, dude, we are at an hour. So we, we're we going to feature
0: Elon Rubin next week, so we give him a proper amount of time because I want to drop in a lot of audio. He's my favorite rock drummer in the world at the moment, so sorry for the oh. uh, little, 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 uh, tease. little tease this week. But yeah, we've we got to move on to, first of all, we have to thank our sponsor. We're an hour in. How about that? Dream Symbols sponsoring the episode, so they released their new Eclipse series at the NAM show. They had an Eclipse ride that came out a couple years ago. I think it was only a 21-inch ride. It's partially lathed just from like the middle, of the middle of the bow out to the edge. Everything else is raw. they now created a whole line with different size hi-hats, scratches, yeah, yeah, yeah. ride cymbals. Um, this is one of the few versions of that that I, when I play it, I actually hear the difference in articulation. Normally you don't, because yeah. like they must have really lathed a lot off out of the outer part, so it really goes from okay. really clean and articulate to like a washi really crashy so we've got some audio here this is recorded by their artist phil hawkins who's a great drummer composer steel drummer I actually played a festival with phil in 1999 which i'm sure he doesn't remember wow Wow. so this is some audio from their it's up on their facebook page youtube page but this is him using a full set of eclipse symbols so we're going to do that uh we'll drop in some of that now to answer one question because we were such blowhards about our pontifications on the art of drumming. This one's from Anthony.
1: What the hell is that?
0: (laughs) I'm hungry, dude. It's lunchtime. I've been more aware of the mistakes I make when people play playing a song or even just practicing. They all seem to be because my concentration or focus has drifted. I can physically play the song or beat I'm practicing, but it seems the concentration went out the window and I screwed up. Have you all noticed this in your playing? Have you purposely worked on this? If so, how?
1: Mm. You want to go good, first? Good question. Yeah, I mean, I think, what was it, only a podcast or two podcasts ago that we talked about this with my soloing practice, that mm. I'm struggling to maintain focus while trying to be creative. Yep. I definitely don't have it anymore as much when I'm playing something like a groove or something that's, if I'm playing a song, at no point do I really lose track of that. I, I will say this, and I'm starting to teach this a lot more on the website. Singing yeah. has helped me the most. Absolutely. Like when I'm singing, go, go, cat, oh, go, cat. At no point, I mean, to to open like. Two hi hats in a row, I'd have to sing that. Right. <laughs> so I'm not going to go, dips, dips, yeah. you know. <laughs> it's like, so singing that groove allows me to stay there. Even the fills, flat, doom, scat, doom, ga, da, 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 doom. That allows me to stay there. And I, I would say maybe in improvisational stuff, I'm not singing. But if, if it's a groove that might be not natural for me, I usually sing it the whole time. And mm-hmm. it just keeps me in line. Yeah. Um, the other thing is, I think the precision of playing something note for note. I don't play a lot of stuff that doesn't have allowance for an open high hat at the end of the fourth bar or mm-hmm. an extra ghost note. I think of what is the foundation of this groove. I'm going to play that almost very, uh, the way that Bonham did fool in the rain. It's like, well, you can't really nail down the groove cause he changes it so much, mm-hmm. but there's still, you can nail down the essence of the groove cause mm-hmm. there's something binding that whole thing together.
0: Yeah, I think singing—that's like, the first thing I tell people to do as well. Because if you're if you're if you're engaged on that level, which is going to lead me to my next suggestion, where your body has to actually be engaged, you can't be thinking about what you're going to do or who just texted you or you know right. if you're singing something. It's just impossible. Uh, this is something I deal with a lot. I think if you're more of a mental person, if you're kind of more stuck in your in your brain thinking a lot, this is more of a problem because yeah. you're always thinking about a million different things. And if you're distracted like all of us are with social media and multiple jobs or whatever it is, you're just, your life is a little bit more uh, frantic and disjointed. Uh, This is the first, maybe not the first time, but I think meditation is super important in this day and age, just to be able to sit you on the floor in a chair and just learn how to clear your mind for 10 seconds, 30 seconds, five minutes, 10 minutes. Is going to be super helpful. Um, And in particular, there's a book I might have been my pick of the week. It's like called Chakras for Beginners by David Pond. I believe is the author. He kind of breaks down the idea of how to focus your energy on the different levels of your body. It sounds all this like New Agey, but you can literally have consciousness that's not in your brain. You can have consciousness that's originating in your throat and in your heart and your in your 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 solar plexus so for me learning that was like oh i don't have to always be thinking from my brain and looking at my body as this other thing i can actually right. be experiencing the world with my body and not have the brain be, be as engaged anyway i'm going way well off on a tangent but no no, no. that has helped for I, me to like sink in like experience the music on a purely physical level Right and not Sorry. thinking about it. What's up, dog? <laughs> Sorry,
1: <laughs> we pontificated so much that we passed. Uh, anyway, through, uh, t- get the Ten thirty a.m. Juno bone break. Shockers <laughs>
0: stuff. Shockers for beginners by David Pond. Yeah.
1: Practice I a totally little agree. bit of
0: meditation, a little bit of just body awareness, so you can yeah. sink into the drumming as a physical experience rather than a mental exercise. Will really help.
1: All you it. have to do right now, wherever you are, is just take a deep breath. As deep as you can and fill your lungs completely, 100%, and you will realize it's probably been three to four days since the last time you did that. Yeah, right. Actually, just even that one deep breath. Yeah, Yeah, or maybe a month where you're like, wow, I haven't felt this. And (laughs) you get a head rush. Like, whoa, oxygen. What the hell hell is that? It's like, yeah, you've been. been quick breathing all right it is time now for our picks of the week and last time we gave you groove picks of the week this time we are giving you fill picks of the week so these are just fills that when they happen mike and i just get excited and these are not our favorite fills of all time or maybe they are i haven't asked mike about his but they're just fills that are like yeah man that was cool i hear a thousand fills a day that one was cool so let's get into yours first buddy what do you got For me, it's classic Um,
0: Mitch Mitchell on the Jimi Hendrix song Little Wing. His first entrance, it gets me every single time. It gives me chills. And I think it's also a testament that you cannot play this song and not play this fill when you come in. If you don't play that triplet fill, you're not playing the song right. And even in the Stevie Ray Vaughan version, uh, Chris Layton does his own take on it. So I don't know where it happens in the track, but it's the first time the drums come in, and it's
1: just epic. Let's check it out.
0: Yeah, I mean, it gives me chills oh just listening god. to it. There, I mean, that is the <laughs> yeah, dude.
1: Oh my god, shook it and doesn't it feel like you're in the room with the drums yeah uh, yeah they're like all dead and choked out and sound yeah. amazing oh. so, yeah, all dead and choked out and sound amazing exactly <laughs> oh that's beautiful man that i gotta say that mitch mitchell is one of the drummers that non-drummers completely just underrate because they always tell you oh it's just like a hendrix tune i'm like yeah yeah. What do you mean? It's just like a Hendrix <laughs> tune? Is it a Hendrix tune? Because that drummer did some cool stuff, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean they're
0: interlocked. I mean you couldn't totally Hendrix and Mitch Mitchell are one thing, one entity. Hendrix and Buddy Miles is a totally different thing. But right, that's the stuff for me. Man, that's something in particular,
1: all time favorite. What's yours? Very cool. All right, so I ran into a longtime hero of mine at Nam. That's uh, Mr. Nate Morton. He is the drummer for the Voice. If you haven't seen him play. Uh, he's somebody that both Mike and I really admire. And he is tasked with one of the most difficult jobs on the planet, which is you are going to play some of the most famous songs of all time, and we need you to make them a little bit better. <laughs> right. And it's like, oh, God. <laughs> because he doesn't do the tribute thing, it's always a different rendition of these songs that right. are historic. So when he was taken on She's Gone, uh, the metal tune by Holland Oates. <laughs> <laughs> the double bass part he omitted but uh so anyways so she's gone just an old classic hall notes tune and when you're going into a double chorus or a triple chorus at the end of a tune how do you elevate it when you've already been on the ride mm. and you've already and and now you're on your second chorus you've moved to the crash and it's like and hey, let's do it again and it's like <laughs> i got nothing left so what you do is you slow the damn thing down and mm. he does this insane triplet fill and then gives you this uh so then this eighth note triplet kick go 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 oh, biscuits and buttercups and blueberry pies, Let's give it a listen, starting at two forty
0: <laughs> dude, I mean. That's made. Stop it. That's made for TV drumming right there. Like, right. That is drama. That is an entire Duh. entire TV show in one little fill there.
1: <laughs> oh my god! And I hate to say it, but I brought this up to him at Nam, and I sang it, and I, you and probably I, didn't I, I remember it. it. <laughs> totally, it's like his nine thousandth song that he's played with. Yeah, the thing is, when um, I hear
0: that, I can envision him like jumping out of his
1: seat for those bass drum notes. Like go, I can go, see go. it. Oh. It's so visual. Yeah. Uh yeah. So those are the fills that get me I think you and I both respond to choices rather than skill. Mm-hmm. Skill, cool. Everyone's yeah. got it. Choices, I would have never thought to do that there. That's what blows me away. Yeah. You know everyone
0: in that in that theater just was like at that moment the hair just exploded on the back of their necks. They're like, What?
1: Totally. Yes. And and no one probably knew that it was because of the drum part. They just yeah. thought the song did something. Right. right? Yeah. And it's like i love that stuff uh i think it's just amazing how do you how do you get yours without showing off <laughs> right. like he is the king of just he kind of gets to do that vinnie caliuda steve Gadd thing where it's like wait how'd you get away with that they didn't the, <laughs> it's live TV. was the producer like yeah <laughs> well now that that though that the one you just heard is actually from the studio version so oh, right yeah they record everything you know, like he, the day of
0: the show all that his, exactly. his life is insane that he can handle can. all that Learn a tune and record it. That's going to be released on iTunes that night when they do the live broadcast of the same song.
1: Forget about it. That's intense. All right. Well, there you go. Two fills out of the entire catalog of the history of music. (laughs) Nate Morton covering (laughs) covering a. Yeah. Covering a tune and Mitch Mitchell. And I think both are just epic. So, all right, everybody, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you did, please head on over to iTunes and give us a five star rating and a review. Those reviews really, really help us a lot and they help other drummers find this podcast and we absolutely appreciate all of them. Uh, Also, if there is somewhere else that you'd rather be listening to this podcast, please let us know. Uh, We will try to expand the reach of this podcast throughout the year of 2020 and like Mike said, when you guys come up to us at Nam and talk to us about what this podcast means to you, we do not take that for granted. It's just incredible.
0: Absolutely. Thank you so much. We're going to send the show off with Mike Wogan. He is from Ireland. This is a piece that he wrote specifically. You sure it's not Mark? Sorry.
1: I was going to no. say because I know Mark. I don't know Mike. And I always get called Matt. That's such a... The M names, man. This is Mark. Whoa, whoa, whoa! You're taking it way harder, dude. I'll call him Mike. It's no big deal. Well, no, I mean, All I. Good?
0: I literally have been on gigs where, like, in
1: on drums, we've got Matt. I'm like, oh, oh yeah. I mean, I've, it's, been, it's I've so, been Matt Johnston many so, times. Yeah, we. Well, just, Mark is the man. He's he's he is somebody that he's a podcast family member. He's a good dude. I just I just matted Mark on the, on the podcast. <laughs> Mark, you've been mad. Well <laughs> listen right. to how long his groove's been going now because we keep talking about but it. He wrote this specifically for the podcast. We're gonna
0: give him plenty of time. He's playing uh, a PDP kit and some Zildjian K's and a Rogers from Over Brass snare. Check out Mark Logan and we're out of here. See you next time.